fun. How fun is that? Too fun. Um, for some of you, I thought I was going to come out saying, where are my single ladies? Where are my single ladies? Because John just, you know, is a single man. So some of y'all need to go online right now, john at citypoint.cc, and go, hey, 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 John, what's up? <laughs> I like your last name. <laughs> you can make it mine. So it's like, it's been just, you know, it could happen. It could happen. Welcome to City Point, everybody. Hey, let's do this. I'm glad to be here. How about you? Come on, everybody. So fun. So fun. Hey, we got a great morning planned, but just real quick, clap one more time for everybody who's going to watch online later this week. Great job. Love you guys. You mean a whole lot to us, even though you can't be here right now. It does matter, and we're grateful for you. Um, but the truth is, uh, we have some fun stuff planned. Next week is going to be such a blast. The music is going to be so fun. I'm just telling you, all the moms need to be in the room. Maybe, just maybe, maybe Ryan's wrote a special song for my own mom, his mom, you know, our mom. And uh, so you get a little sneak peek into, into our own little Mother's Day surprise for mama. And so it'll be a great morning for you. And, uh, but the truth is, we are in the second week of a series called Imperfect Together, and I tell you about the second week, you know, being the, the start of this, because last week was so great. If you missed last week, you can dial in online. And I'm just going to go ahead and say nothing I said was any that good, but everything God was doing in this room was pretty powerful. And it's worth a watch. And really all week long, we got great feedback from so many of you. And uh, one of the stories that came in, I want to read out to you. It was actually from a, from a lady named Candace, and it wasn't directly about uh, last Sunday specifically, but she felt so compelled that she wanted to share her story. And I just want to share you her story. And really, quite honestly, I'm sharing this to say thank you. Thank you for being a church that does church the way that we do it, that reaches people the way that we're doing it. And we know there's a lot of different ways to do church, but there's something special about this one. There's something special about a church that really believes it doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, or what's been done to you. You're welcome right here. Here, This is what Candace says. She says, I'm feeling compelled to share with you a little bit of my church background with you. I loved my church as a little kid, but in sixth grade, my church made some changes and it was never the same for me. Within a few years after that, I had completely stopped attending church and fell away from God altogether. With that, it started a big change in my life. And it brought me to this last year. This last year, everything started to change for the better. My, my oldest son was actually invited to a life group that City Point offers to the Collide students, which is our student ministry on Wednesday nights. We have a student ministry where 70, 80 students divide up into four different houses all over Washington, and it's pretty powerful. Um, just the life change that's happening there, but her oldest son was invited to one of those homes, one of the life groups, and he loved it. Not only did he love it, she says he started attending regularly. Then he was invited to the Awake Student Conference that we took a bunch of students uh, with to, and God obviously was doing something so big in his life because when he got home, he actually asked me if I would go to church with him on a Sunday morning. It's a big deal for this family. Reluctantly, she writes, I agreed. But I remember my first Sunday being completely overwhelmed, shocked by the experience that I had, which is a kudos to all of you. Thank you for serving and for creating a church like ours. For the first time in a long time, I heard a message that had depth and weight and relevance for my life. Since then, my son and I have been attending regularly. I want to thank you, City Point, for your honesty. I want to thank you for the ability that you admit your faults and your shortcomings. I've never been at such a real church with real people. It makes walking with God seem doable. Thanks for everything. And then she wrote, P.S. Minivans aren't so bad. So there's a, there's a dig on me. But it's so fun. Hey, can you just celebrate what God's doing in people's lives? Just last week, we got that story. And it's just, it's just totally fun. 
Now, we jump-started this series, Imperfect Together, um, with, this, with this belief. And I think this is true for Candace's life. It's true for so many people that we all step into this room with different relational spots that we're in. We're imperfect, yes, but we're together with others. It's a truth statement. We're imperfect together. But here's a belief that I have. It's not just because I'm an eternal optimist. It's a belief because I see it all throughout the pages of Scripture, this truth, that your relationships can be stronger. Believe this. That we can be imperfect together and we can actually get better. And I know some of you in the room are going, well, that's good news for other people. I've already blown up my relationships. I've already made a mess out of the, out of the relationships in my life, at which I would respond back to you. This is my belief as well, that your future relationships can be stronger. And you might say, I don't, I don't believe you. And if it was just all on my own, if this was just a statement that I threw together for you, I would, I would agree. I'd say, don't, don't believe me. But really, the truth is, I find this all throughout the pages of Scripture, that God has a desire for your relationships, my relationships, to be stronger, to be better. God actually wants your marriage to be stronger. He wants the way that you interact with your children, with your parents, with your coworkers, your neighbors, your friends, to be better, to be stronger. And where you're at right now does not have to determine where you're going to be, especially if we allow God to shape our lives. And so that's what we did. We jump-started the series last week with really laying a foundation of the very first relationship that we get insight into in the Bible. It's from a man named Adam and a woman named Eve. And regardless if you believe in the creation accounts in Genesis, we can learn great truths from this very first story, this very first relationship, Adam and Eve. And I want to remind you of what the story is. In Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 through 25, you read this. Then the Lord said, it's not good for the man to be alone, which all the women in the room are like, it's about time somebody said it. You know, it's like, I knew it. I'm, the whole time, Frankie does really dumb stuff without me. And it's just true. Like us guys, we should not be alone. It's like, we, man, we got to have some guys in our lives, some accountability. We need to have some ladies in our lives to help us guide us and direct us. I mean, this is good. All of us, nobody argues this. When we're like, yeah, you're right. Actually, when I'm by myself, I just, I shoot myself. You know, I just do dumb things. So I don't know why I did it, but I'm alone. But it, this is, God said, it's not good. He says, I'm going to make a helper who's just right for him. So the Lord caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And then it goes on to say this in the next part of the verse. While the man slept, the Lord took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord made a woman from the rib and brought her to the man. Now, this is my very next favorite part of this entire passage. It says, at last, the man exclaimed. Now, if you were here last week, you heard me break into a little Etta James. At last. And I'm not going to do it, even though I could. I could do it. But it just wouldn't be as good as John Champagne up here. And so I'm not. At last, he exclaims. And why did he, why was he so blown away? It's because he'd been, you know, looking at, you know, hippos and alligators. And he's like, wow and he literally says woman like wow man wow and he so he sees this this woman coming towards him and he's going this is man this is bone from my bone this is flesh from my flesh i don't really you know but she'll be called woman and then he goes on to say this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one we'll hit this in a little bit now the man and his wife were both naked i'm going to skip over that for your sakes. And they felt no shame. They felt no shame. I want everybody to help me out with those two underlined words on the count of three. One, two, three, no shame. They felt no shame. And that was the heartbeat of last week's message. How good would it be if our relationships had no shame? I believe it's possible. 
believe God actually wants that for you. Uh, I think the, one of the greatest tragedies for so many people is they walk around with guilt and shame over things that they've done. And we're just looking for an opportunity. Can you, can you show me what areas I can step into that there's no shame in? And so we spent the entire morning looking at really two specific where, areas of our life where there's no shame. So I want to review them real fast for you. We said there's no shame in wowing with your words. And which you might go, what was that all about? Which you got one of these cards on the way in. We literally spent a long time talking about your words that you use. We can build up the relationships around us or we can rip people down with the very words that we share. And one of the prayers that I told you that we can start praying for the very words that we have come out of our mouth is found in Psalm 19, verse 14. It says, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, God. I want the words that come out of this trap right there to be pleasing to you, God, so it builds people. I want to wow my coworkers. I want to wow my spouse with the very words that I share. We're in a no shame in wowing with our words. Then we wrapped it up by saying there's no shame in being second with having Jesus be in first place of your life. There's no shame there. There's no shame for some of us in the room who feel like I've been trying it all on my own to say, you know what, God, I'm going to choose to submit my life to you. I'm no longer in first place. God, you are. I am second to you. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at the last one. There's no shame in the two becoming one. This is actually found in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. I'll put it on the screen. It says, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. This is the two being united and becoming one, the two becoming one. I want to talk to you about how there's no shame in this thing called marriage. And really what I want to do for the rest of the morning is we prepared a, 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 really as a sermon, a message called the Ten Commandments of Marriage. And I am so excited to teach this. But before I even welcome out my very special guest to the stage with me, I want to let you know that maybe some of you come into the room and you're going, this is completely irrelevant for me. Um, maybe you're single. Uh, maybe you've been divorced. Maybe you're in, going through a divorce and you're going, oh, I don't even know how this will apply to my life. And just let me just step into um, the sensitive areas of our lives and just simply say this. Whenever we talk about God, he can apply different things to our scenarios, whatever we find ourselves in. So if you're single in the room, I'm begging you, would you apply some of these truths to your life now that will be a blessing to your future relationships if you're going through something hard right now? Would you allow God to start speaking to you? Um, and we'll just see what happens. Maybe for some of you, you're going, oh my word, this content, this stuff that you're telling us, I could walk circles around. You're like, a, you could be writing marriage books. And I would just simply encourage you, you know, as a reminder, would you start investing into the marriages around us? And let's build each other up. Let's, let's go for what God has in store for us. But with that said, I would love it if you would give me a giant City Point welcome for my beautiful bride, Carrie Widow. Come on, baby. The stage just got prettier as we speak. Here she goes. Here's, how's it? Come on. Kiss. Nope. Side hug. Okay. It's all good. It's like, ah, oh, that's how it's going to be. All this. We planned that. That was planned. Everything else is unplanned. All right. So now you're, now you're good. Hey, thanks so much for being here. Where are the kids? Yeah. Not here. Who cares? So yeah, I was like, who cares? They're out of town. Somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> not here. It's all good. We're going out after this. So see you later after the service. We're going to end on time today. Just so you know. And uh, <laughs> take advantage of the, of the babysitter. But thank you so much yes, for, for, for coming. Me. I mean, this is so, so fun to be together to do this. Yes. Well, we are walking through 10 Commandments of Marriage. And 
Tony gets pretty excited about the topic of marriage. You can probably already tell. He's like real excited. And you've heard him talk about it before. And I've sat out there many a time listening to him talk about marriage and getting completely humiliated by all that he likes to share about his marriage, our marriage. And so um, this morning he has strict instructions. This is a G-rated Message on marriage. Yeah, for you. go tell yeah. at which all you are so like, come on. I'm like, I begged her for PG. No, no, no. She's this like, no, 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 not if I'm sharing the stage with you. <laughs> yeah. Message. So there are some commandments we're just gonna leave out this morning. There are yeah. some important pieces of marriage that we're yeah. all right. We're just gonna skip over the hour and look it up on your own. And yes. So. Maybe 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 something that would be helpful for some of you who are maybe newer to church. Uh, you've maybe heard of the Ten Commandments before. Uh, this is just so you know, and for some of you, be like, duh. But uh, you're not going to be able to find these, you know, listed out in the Scripture, the Ten Commandments of marriage. Those don't exist in the Scripture. We're going to take principles and verses, and we've really kind of looked at our lives over the last a little over a decade now of our lives and just drawn out principles that we have just filed into these 10 commandments of marriage, 10 suggestions, 10 principles. And uh, just so you know, there is a list of 10 commandments mm-hmm. and I just think we better dive right into it. Um, if you're if you're worried about taking notes, um, you can take a picture on the screen. We'll post any of them that we can't get to later online this week. And uh, Carrie, why don't you just jump in? What's the first commandment of All right. marriage? Number one is thou shalt put God first. Boom. And this is the first commandment of the Ten Commandments that we do find in the Old Testament of the Bible that God gave to Moses and to the Israelite people. Um, But we think it's so important when having the discussion on marriage that we include this also, that God has got to be first because there is a temptation in a marriage relationship because this is our most important relationship in life and that we have with people. There's a temptation to uh, put our spouse in the place of God. Now, we don't consciously do this. I don't consciously Asked Tony to be my God. Well, I, which I could see why she would. I mean, look at the physique. <laughs> it's like, wow, that man. Yeah, you know, that, just kidding. That's right? Obviously, we're going no. with this. But yeah. um, we have a temptation to expect things of our spouse, uh, to demand things of them that they really cannot fulfill for us. So we may expect our spouse to be the hope for our future or to satisfy our needs or to be things for us that they really can't and be things that only God can be in our lives. And in that way, we take God off the throne and we put our spouse in that place. And it's a dangerous spot because when Tony doesn't meet the expectations that I have for him, then it causes a lot of tension in our marriage. But really, the expectations should not be there in the first place. So it's yeah. just so important that each of us first seek God as our first love and yeah, each other second. Jump right in there. I'm going to cut her off way more than I should because that is so good. One of the things that I do my best to communicate, and I, obviously it's not that great, but is relaying this message that one of the greatest gifts that you could give your spouse um, is to not put them in the God slot of your life. It's to not give them that pressure. Um, Carrie does not need the pressure of being my God. She doesn't, that, that is just a, that's a weight that you can't carry, that I don't even want you to carry, for you to be my everything, my hopes, my dreams, really my savior is a, is a it's, it's an unfair way to place on anyone. And so one of the things I, I just do my best to encourage any of us to do is it's a blessing for you and your marriage when you have God in the first place, when he's your everything and you love out of a relationship that you have with God towards your spouse. God's number one, my spouse is number two, and I'm not putting the pressure on you to be my number one. I'm really putting only the only one who is able, God himself, to do that. I love that. I think there's so much trust in a relationship when um, I don't 
Tony is not faithful to me because I'm perfect, because I am imperfect, and I will always be imperfect, but he is faithful to me because he's faithful to God, and that allows a we, lot of we trust. We didn't do this last time. That was so good. You think you need to say it again? I know, you're like, okay. <laughs> I mean, that is so, so good. Light bulb. I'm, and importantly, for those that aren't married in the room or young people, I think it's so important to choose someone who will seek God and to have a man that wants more than anything, more than pleasing me or being a faithful husband, wants to honor God. I can trust and have so much faith there because you're going to choose to honor God and honoring God is going to honor our marriage. Yeah. And as we pursue God, we become more like him, um, which means we become more patient and we become more kind and we have more self-control. So everything, all of our pursuit of Jesus is such a blessing to our marriage, yeah. but it's got to be the first thing. I, I just love that. I, um, I would do everything on my own to be faithful, to be trustworthy, to carry because you're the best. But ultimately, I, I do that because of Christ because I want to honor him. It's why putting him in first place is the driver for us. Now, for so many people in the room, you're, you maybe I'm just assuming you're nodding your head. I can't see you, by the way, but like I'm assuming you're like, yep, I get it. How? You're, you're asking the how question. How do I put God in first place in my life? Well, a couple practices that we just have as almost exercises in our life, these are just rhythms and part of our natural days are these two ways to do this. We put God first in our day. Um, for me, it looks a little different from Carrie. And seasons look a little different as well. I have always done my best to have 15 minutes a day with God. It might be in the morning. It might be over lunch. It's just the season depends on that. And it might look a little different from time to time. Usually I like to read a couple chapters, journal a couple thoughts, and maybe play a worship song that just kind of helps me stay focused. Carrie, you're just, yeah, you're, you make me look foolish. I mean, you'll wake up early and spend, you know, significant time in God's word. And it's so powerful, but the, the principle is the same. We do our best to seek God daily, to put God first in our lives daily. We wake up and we say, God, I want to give you my day. It's yours. I'm going to put you in first place. And yet the second part is to put God first in your week, which I would just celebrate all of you. And anybody who's watching online, the mere fact that you are here, you're doing that one. You're saying, God, I'm going to, I'm going to choose to come and sit and participate in worship and be a part of teaching and corporate experience of just pursuing God. And so I just say, way to go. That is a part of putting God first is making him a priority in your everyday life, the beginning of your week. And we think those are big deals for all of us. Maybe you've seen me draw out this triangle chart before. I'm just going to do it with my hands. If you have a husband and a wife down in the bottom two corners of a triangle and God's at the top, if you've seen this before, bear with me. But the whole idea is as you put God first in your life, the more you grow closer to God, Actually, the more you go closer to each other. As you pursue God together, you actually are growing closer to one another. And that's really the heartbeat of this very first commandment. Thou shalt put God first. What's number two? Number two is thou shalt be selfless. And we're going to use a verse out of Philippians here that Paul wrote saying, yeah. don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. And humility is huge yes. in marriage. And this um, saying the same attitude that Christ Jesus had, I was thinking, what was his attitude towards people? And we read in Matthew, he's talking to his disciples and he said, I came to serve and not to be served. And this was God himself saying, my attitude and my approach to relationships is that I'm here to serve you. And that takes so much humility. And as humans, we are just not good 
at humility. Um, but selflessness in marriage, I think for us just has meant letting a lot of things go. Yeah, true. I know for one area for Carrie, um, she should let the way she cooks go a little bit more often. I would like to say I'm not bad in the kitchen. You know, I'm pretty good. But you are. Ex ex yeah. <laughs> Except in the area of macaroni and cheese. I would like to say I excel in this area, at which I think Carrie's not so good. It might take her a good 45 to 50 minutes. I follow the instructions on the box. Macaroni and cheese. Yeah. And I will like, you know, I think I turn a new age every time that you do this anyways but I, you for like me, your noodles crunchy I, just, yeah, I, I don't yeah, mind yeah. crunchy macaroni noodles okay just shame on me i know whatever but what but i get them done within five minutes okay i got some macaroni served my you kids. don't let the water boil i don't let no i just go so i'm just getting to something i'm getting to something even though she does macaroni and cheese wrong i i am selfless enough to say hey fine if you want to sit in there and mess it up just and go. you then throw half the noodles away so that it's cheesier cheesy mm -hmm. yeah one of the things she just went there. Do you want to go there? You want to know what she? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna save it. I got more ammo coming. Um, Carrie's good. She has some. You said something prior to me sharing the macaroni and cheese thing and destroyed on that. I thought I would win that one actually. Is uh, you said this idea of let it go. Uh, flesh that out a little bit more for us. This idea. Yeah, it's so easy in marriage to get a really caught up in who I want you to be for me and what I want you to do for me. And a lot of this is just controlling our minds and kind of resetting our minds to think that that is these expectations that we place on our spouse aren't fair and they shouldn't be there in the first place. And it's just reminding ourselves to take second place and to be humble and to let a lot of things go. I think early in marriage, it can be really tricky because every habit is so irritating all <laughs> She, all right, oh, so I'm, just, I'm gonna chime thing. in. I can't help it. I okay. just can't help it. I lost the macaroni and cheese, but I won't lose this one. Carrie squeezes the toothpaste from the middle. I'm efficient. I am. Quick Anybody here. lose their minds over that? Every day I have to recoil the go. bottom. We're gonna let it go. Selfless. I just need to go. know. All right, yeah, so I'm I'm not to blame on everything. Buy our own toothpaste. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, really, there are. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we should. <laughs> Why would we do that? All right, that's good. There's so many things. A lot of uh, arguments or tension that comes out of marriages that we're already irritated with each other on some level and so we then decide to let every little thing irritate us more and irritate us more deeply and there are times we've got to stop our minds and just say, I'm gonna let that go and I like a super tidy house and so do you but your tidy and my tidy are not the same tidy so this can be hard for us but instead of letting that become something that irritates me it really is an opportunity to serve yeah. my husband to do more than I want to do because it's a preference, and ultimately so many things in marriage are a preference, but we let them become a really big deal when we want to just fight and we want to be angry. But th the goal is um, to have a great marriage. It means letting a lot of things go. It's brilliant. And That's not everything. And yeah, and not everything. Mm -hmm. um, prior to anybody showing up this morning, Carrie and I were um, you know, going through some of these ideas again, and uh, we felt overwhelmed. Uh, this was not planned. It was kind of on a just on a whim and... Um, that this does not mean you're a doormat. Okay, for, for somebody in the room, you might need to know when we say um, be selfless, uh, that doesn't mean that you have to put up with abuse, that there are some things that um, maybe are going on in your life right now, and what I don't want you to hear is me saying, yeah, you just have to deal with it. You just have to put up with um, the abuse. Uh, some of the other um, hard things that are really tough and really my hope for you is if that's going on right now that you would not feel guilted into you know riding that out that you would just be selfless be humble enough to ask for help 
Um, and for somebody in the room, and, and maybe there's somebody online right now too, my hope for you is that you would simply let, let, let me know, let somebody know, and, uh, and we'll, we'll do our best to come alongside and to, to be a voice with you and to really help out. And you can, as simply as you want, you can just write on that card. You can email online if you want. Uh, you could just simply, I need, I need help. And, uh, and, and we'll do our best uh, to just come alongside. We have a counselor on staff, and we'd love to do that together. I want to show you, um, that's side note, okay? I want to show you a verse in 1 Corinthians. It says, love is patient, it's kind, it's not jealous or boastful or rude. It's selfless. That's what love really is. Marriage is selfless is what this whole passage is saying. It does not demand its own way. It serves. I mean, I love you, Carrie. And I will serve you even with macaroni and stuff. And I, I will not be irritable and keep no records of being wrong. And it's a, it's a gift for our marriages to do that. I but, think our pursuit of God yeah. and our pursuit of selflessness is never in vain. So if you are the only one in your marriage pursuing God or pursuing selflessness, and that feels really lonely, that's not in vain. And don't tire of doing the right thing. It's really good. Um, the, third, the third thou shalt, okay, thou shalt. Make purity a priority. This is humongous for our lives. This is so big, um, really, for our culture and our society right now. Thou shalt make purity a priority. Uh, this is Paul's words, not mine. This is uh, the Bible saying you better make this a priority. This is a big deal. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, it literally says run from sexual sin. Don't try and fight it. Don't try and think you're tough enough to stand up against it. Just run. Don't be foolish enough to think you're strong enough to defeat it on your own. Run away. Get as far away from it as you can. And I'm telling you, this has been our story together. We have said as a family, as a husband and a wife, we're going to do whatever it takes to make purity a big priority in our lives. I want to share with you two, uh, really two spots that we find ourselves with increased temptation to slip and fall in this area. You can jot these down if you want, but in the area of proximity and problems. And I know some of you are like, what? And how does that make sense? Let me flesh it out a little bit more. When, when proximity is increasing the area of temptation in your life, purity-wise, um, more than likely, there's someone at work that is you know, starting to you know, pique your curiosity. Maybe there's an emotional bond starting to happen. And I just want to scream, run, run from sexual sin, run away. You're not strong enough. You're just not. So, so move on, get, get out of that. Somebody at the gym, maybe there's a teenager in the room, there's somebody at school who's tempting you in this area. I'm just telling you, make purity a priority, real practical. This is real vulnerable into my life. Me and my brother work out uh, at the YMCA here in town. And we choose if somebody walks into the gym or if we were to go into the gym and we were to see um, someone who was maybe dressed a little, uh, it would cause temptation in our lives that we're just going to leave. We just leave. And we're so weird in that. And, we, and I know we're just like, oh, come on, are you not strong enough? And I'm like, yep, I'm not strong enough. Yeah, I am so committed to you that I'm not going to let proximity be this unnecessary temptation in my life. And maybe for someone, I'm going to lean in a little tough right now. If there is someone close proximity to you at work, you want to know what the courageous move is to do? Is to ask to be transferred. It's to maybe quit. It's to maybe say, you know what, I got to work in a different department. I, I've got to remove the proximity temptation 
because purity is a priority for my relationship. I'm telling you, it's that big of a deal. Somebody at the gym, I'm going to go to a different gym. Somebody at school, I'm going to switch my night school class. So I guard this area. My relationship with my spouse is so important that I'm not going to let proximity to something that I can choose to remove be the very thing that causes devastation in my life. We get it. The second one is problems. There's, there's problems, and I just laugh at this. Children are not problems, okay? So just so you know, um, they're annoying. Let's just be really honest. But, like, not, but, but the idea behind this is when there are times in our lives where the thick of life is just feeling chaotic. I think of finances, when finances are tight. It's amazing to me how temptation increases. It's like, what is up with that? Midlife crisis. You know, I'm just confused at work. I'm confused with who I am. And, and we just temptation arises in this area of purity. And I'm telling you right now, we're going to make it a priority to protect this stuff. We're not going to let problems. We're going to know in advance. Proximity is sometimes is really dangerous. The problem areas of our lives, we need to have safe people that we can turn to. And real quick, before we wrap it up, and we could stay here all day, obviously, I would love it if you would share some insights on how you protected me in our marriage. I'm so grateful for this, by the way. This is such a gift. Some of you, this is such a gift. You'll, you'll hear this, what Carrie does for our family to make purity such a priority. Would you share some of those ideas? Yeah, the first thing that came to my mind when I thought about this is this is something I pray about all the time. And I just think it can feel a little awkward to talk to the Lord about the intimate matters of our lives. But the pages of the Bible are full of God's design for our sexuality and our intimacy. And so it's something that he can hear and he can handle and he can let us talk to him about. So there's a verse in Proverbs I pray all the time for Listen Tony. to this, by this the way. Is, this is a good verse, everybody. This is the G-rated version this of the verse, G- okay? There's so another version. <laughs> she took some words out of this, and I'm telling you, some of you in the room, you're going you're gonna to go look that up, and you're going to go, oh, I like that verse, okay? okay. All right, so just so go for it. Anyways, this is what's relevant for this morning. Okay. This <laughs> is Proverbs 5.18. Let your wife be a fountain of blessing for you, Rejoice in the wife of your youth. May you always be captivated by her love. So that's just, I pray, like, I pray that for Tony. I know that the majority of marriages are not great and a huge amount of them fail. So I just pray all the time. I pray this over you and over us. Um, and then I just choose to be the gatekeeper for our home. I think if we want the mind of Christ and we want purity to be important to us, we gotta really watch what we allow in our minds and because what we fill our minds with is gonna come out one way or another in our actions and the things that we say and the things that we do. So um, the gatekeeper of our television and just really, really careful. If we watch a lot of sexual immorality on TV, on shows and movies, um, it's bound to affect us in some way. And so I personally try to limit my intake of any of that, novels that are about romance or things that make my mind wonder or could possibly make it wonder. I'm going to stop and just not watch a lot of those things, catalogs that come in the mail that just are not helpful. We're going to throw them away before you or our children have the opportunity to see some of the things that just aren't helpful, um, just to be a gatekeeper of our minds. Yeah, I love that. She's a gift. It's a gift for me. Just so you know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have a memory where I've thumbed through the mail that is sitting on our counter and I'm like, oh, there's a, there's a Victoria's Secret magazine. I don't, I'm assuming we do get some of that stuff, but I don't see it. I just want to say thanks. Um, real time, real time. A couple months ago, I was watching a, a show. I had started watching a TV show called The Rookie. All right, it's actually, I thought it was a pretty good show and it is. And no shame on this. By no means, this is not 
me inflicting my whatever on you. This is just real time for us. I was watching the show kind of into it. And there was a scene that Carrie caught out of the corner of her eye. She's not a big TV show watcher. And uh, it was just, you know, just something. And Carrie had the comment. She said to me, You're, what are you watching? And, and I heard that. And right there, I just I said, I'm just watching a TV show, but I knew. Um, and I just said, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm protecting my purity. If Carrie doesn't, if, if she, she's been, we are so committed to this area. I think it's one of the reasons why we have had such a blessed relationship. So thank you. I want to say that publicly. Thank you. We guard this area of our lives. And here's what we need to do. We need to wrap up and share with you really the end of the message right now. We'll put the rest of them on social media. You'll get, you know, four through 10. Everybody, you're going to be curious. Um, but, but here's the truth. Uh, these commandments um, mean nothing without Jesus. Jesus is everything. He's our hope. He's our rock for our family. And we're banking everything on him. And so I would just tell you that if you're looking for hope, it's not in a principle. It's not in a, a purity statement. Hope is found in Jesus, in Jesus alone. He's the one who can see you in your mess and provide hope for your future. There is freedom. There is hope. There is purpose and direction in Jesus' name. And so what I'd like to do is i just like to pray over everybody in the room. Would you mind praying for us? And then we're going to sing a song that talks about this hope being found in Jesus. Let's do that together. Jesus, thank you that we can come and we can have these conversations about who you are and what you have for us. God, that's so good. Thank you for marriage. It's a gift from you, and we are grateful. Jesus, this morning, we just want to pray over the marriages in this room, God, and we want to be such cheerleaders for the husbands and wives here. God, we know that marriage is really hard, that it can hurt so deeply, Lord. So this morning, I want to pray for the wife who feels lonely in her pursuit of you and her pursuit of what's right or for the husband who feels alone in his pursuit of you jesus would you comfort them would you give them the endurance to keep on would you help them to persevere through what is hard jesus god we pray for the brokenness we pray for the pain we pray for the sin that happens in our marriage god that you would bring healing that you would bring restoration that you would help us to pursue you wholeheartedly jesus for those everyone in this room god whether we are married or unmarried, Jesus, would we pursue you? Life is better when we follow you, God. What your word has to say makes our life better. It makes us better at life. God, we love you and we are grateful for you. We know there are hearts that hurt when this topic is talked about, Lord, and we want to be gentle. We want your loving arms to embrace these people. We want people to get the help that they need to be well and to be whole. We love you, Lord. Thank you so much that we have hope always because of Jesus, because of what you've done for us. In your name, amen. Hey, amen. Would you do me a favor? Would you just keep praying for another second? I want to ask you right now um, to, to do something. I'm going to call you out. For somebody in the room, you, you might not say this out loud, but I want to invite you into a moment where you're before God and uh, you just repeat this after me if you believe it. Dear God, say it. Dear God, I'm going to put you first. God, I'm going to be selfless. God, I'm going to make purity a priority. And Jesus, I'm going to trust you as my hope and my guidance. God, I want to give you my life. I don't want it on my own. God, I'm choosing to put you first, my spouse second, and to pursue you with everything. God, I know that hope 
lies in your name. God, I'm trusting you with everything I have. And I'm grateful for you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand up? We're going to sing out this incredible song together.